1: Welcome, everyone. It is Monday, November 7th, and uh, we are live, Corporate Talk, with Charlie and Eva. How are you, Eva? I'm well. Thank you, Charles. Excellent. So the mission of the show is to leave no stone unturned, collaborate, and make a difference somewhere, our lives, our career, somewhere.
2: Well, when you make a difference in your life, as I've said before, you can then make a difference
1: everywhere, right? But the change starts from within. And the problem is in order to change you have to change and even if you don't want to change <laughs> That's right even you have to sustain if you're in a good place Well
2: and I'm going to say something a little bit different because I don't really believe that you have to necessarily change I believe that you what you have to do when we talk about change what we have to do is Peel back all the layers and let our real selves come out.
1: Yeah, it's funny, right? And that's a good point, right? Yeah. Uh, I just want to repeat that. Peel back all the layers and let your authentic self come out. So in my past life, I was known as a corporate change agent. I'm mm-hmm. really proud of that, right? But I'm um, looking back, I never really changed anything. I was just authentic. And I, because I was authentic, I was so different than everybody else. They made it; it appeared like I was always changing stuff because I was questioning things, right? You know, or saying I don't even understand this. Please repeat it, right?
2: And but what happens is, and so we're gonna. T- that's really what the show is about today, right? About practice makes perfect, but it's about practicing being authentic, right? And then you know, using that authenticity to help get your point across. And then also to be a team player. Because, you know, we always talk about team, but we're not really being teammates. No. We're not being teammates. And we just saw something. We were talking about this the other day. And then on the TV came a, was an ad for bullying, right, about stop bullying. And this little kid said, you know, every day he was bullied. And he said, I had a good day if nobody put their hands on me that day. And he said, and nobody ever tried to help
1: me. A good day for him was if. What nobody put put their hands hands
2: on him. him. And he said, and nobody ever tried to help
1: me. Right. We're all teammates until we have to be a teammate.
2: Right. And, I mean, we've done that as kids. You know, you're standing by. But what we have to start starts with us first, right, because it's always about us first. Starts with us first to then be able to teach our kids that this is how you stop bullying. You band together, right? You band together. It's, you know, as soon as you have a group that stands up together, it's so much more powerful. It's kind of like, you know, when you see, you know, we've seen in the news, like, you know, with Bill Cosby and all of that, right? You had one woman conformer come forward, even like with, and, you know, I don't want to go down the whole sexist route, and I'm just, it just sort of popped into my head, but even like the thing with Tiger Woods, right? You know, it was like a snowball effect. One person came forward and then another and then another and then another, and then it becomes
1: powerful, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. becomes powerful. And it doesn't have to be... A hostile team. It's just a team of support. It's a team of support. No, the whole point is
2: not about being hostile. It's about making a shift in the way people are thinking. Because we always let that one canary go into the uh, cave to find out if everything's okay, mm-hmm. right? And that canary gets taken out, and then they they pull the cage on it. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, the canary's gone. Died a hero. Died a hero. You know, that's one brave canary. But if Everybody went together. Now, of course, you
1: know, people will say, well, then all the canaries will be taken out. No, it won't happen. What will happen is the other side will at least stop and listen. Right. Right. right, And so getting back to the theme here, we don't want to confuse everyone. We're talking about practice makes perfect and also being authentic. So when we say practicing what you preach, we mean preaching who you are yourself you right not who you want to be who you are right Right. and so when we talk about team we know it all we talk about practice what you preach I don't see us I don't see people practicing because they don't we're not even aware of what we're preaching who are we
2: Right. And that, you know, that's funny that you said that because that was actually going to be my number one thing that I wanted to start talking about. So, you know, first we want to talk about how to be authentic and then how to go about practicing that authenticity and how to be a team player in the middle of all that. Right. So I love what you said because that's a big one. Mm. Who am I? Right. And we think that that's relatively easy, Mm -hmm. but it's not really always that easy to figure that out. And, And we tend to shift and change over the years. You know, the way we think about things change. But at our core, you know, we want to start thinking about who we are. What do we value?
1: Yeah, You know, that's a
2: good place to start is what do I value?
1: And what is the playing field as well? Because, you know, an example is I have 10 years experience. I'm really proud of that and Mm I'm good at what I do. Mm -hmm. But my peers say, that's not true. You have one year 10 times. (laughs) <laughs> Somebody said that to you. Right. <laughs> and that's because of their perception of my authenticity or whatever I was practicing mm-hmm. didn't really um map, right? And the other thing I want to say is um something that did happen to me also. Um I was working as a consultant at a bank and Christmas time and it's a brief story. The uh CEO was walking around with his Christmas bonus check giving it to everyone and He came to me, and the HR person said, oh, he's a consultant, so he walked past me, and I said, well, while you're here, can you give me some CEO wisdom? And he said, sure, son. He said, first he said... You were young then. First he said, happy holidays. I said, thank you. And he said, work each day as if it's going to be on the evening news. And that was like 20-something years ago, and I still remember that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's very confusing. Do I act cool or am I just proud of who I am? You know what I mean? Well, you know, acting cool
2: and being proud of who you are are two very different things.
1: Right. And I think we're overweight on acting cool and underweight on practicing who we are. Right. Right. And so you started. So, you know, we wanted to talk
2: about strategies today around find doing these different things. So the first thing is when you're looking at authenticity and integrity, is who am I, what do I stand for, what are my values? What do I value in myself? Because that's a big one. Because when we show up with those values at work and we make a conscious effort to keep those values, it goes a long way. People start to notice that.
1: Very complicated, right? Because the values might go against the most aggressive, the cool, the clicks,
2: Well, if you think of your values being as, you know, I think of myself as someone that has integrity, right? So if you think of yourself, if one of your values is integrity and you value that in others and you feel that if you, you know, your friends are friends that you have because they have integrity, right? So it's then important to understand that if you have that value, that lying at work isn't a good thing, isn't a good place to be because what's going to happen? if that's truly one of your core values, that's when you start feeling
1: unwell when you're at work. Because you're seeing it's not real. You
2: don't even have to consciously think about it. You don't have to consciously think about it. Your body knows when you're lying. Your body knows it. And your body starts to react. That's why you see so many people get really, really sick. Because you're not integrity with you're not in integrity with who you are at your core and your wow. body starts reacting to that. Okay. So, first so I'm not making that up. I mean, that's real research that when your body and your mind aren't in sync, that's when you start getting issues. You know, when I was young, even, you know, before they even started talking anything, new age or spirituality or mind body connection, you
1: know, before they would even talk. You like worked that. on the Y1K project. Oh, that's nice. But anyway, um, Obviously, humor is one of your values,
2: <laughs> but you would hear people say, "Oh, he gave himself a heart attack, right? You know, he gave himself a heart attack." But like he's a heart a, attack waiting to happen. There's a heart attack waiting to happen, you know, or or it's the widowmaker, you know, you're <laughs> going yeah. up the hill, It's the widowmaker. Well, it's yeah. true. I mean, if you if stress can give you an ulcer, if stress can give you a heart attack. If stress can give you a bad back, then why couldn't happiness and good feelings give you good health, Hmm. right? Um, So it gets complicated. It gets complicated. But it definitely, you know, so that's not to say that you cause all of your health issues. But on the other hand, keeping a positive attitude can help those issues. So One of the ways
1: is being authentic. Okay, but we're talking, there's there's something else that you kind of allude to here. Yeah. Um. First, you know, stand for something, Mm -hmm. right? That's big. So, homework assignment one. Well,
2: standing for something,
1: you want to stand for something that's in in line with With your your values. values, right? Right, right. And so that's one thing. And you got. We should write that down. Yes. And but in turn is while that's a work in progress, you need to analyze how you feel during the day at work to make sure that there's no underlying resistance going on, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're saying um, your body knows when stuff is going on, mm-hmm. so you need to be working with yourself and analyzing that. You can't just throw it up in the air and say, uh, I'm now going to uh, only lead with integrity,
2: Oh, yeah, it's not that and easy. And
1: work yeah. at Enron.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So, right, and I mean, I'm not saying that we sat there and we were in integrity every single day because we absolutely weren't. You know, I mean, Right. Um. you know, it's hard. It's hard to do that.
1: Right. So, but maybe that could be if my body's telling me something, maybe I want to have a little checkpoint with maybe... My boss or maybe some teammates. right, but
2: before you want to do that, and that's what I want to talk about too, is before you do that, strategize a little bit with yourself first about about whatever the situation is, right? Because what I wanted to talk about, and we have a little bit of time before the first break, you know when we're when we're in a situation, right? and so you get a signal from your body right, or you just get a signal in your head going, this is crazy, you know, you'll sit there, you get, this which
1: is crazy. we may say is a button push, even. right,
2: you'll get a button push, you know, you can feel like you get a knot in the pit of your stomach, you know, my shoulder used to hurt, whatever it is, it's like, that's the time to kind of step back and write down what is it that's bugging me about this, what is it that's bugging me about this situation, Yeah, and I know that that sounds like, well, that's crazy, painful. but that's Who's got time to think of that? Now, I'm not talking about doing it every second of every day, but I guarantee – and we hear it all the time, right – People, you know, we used to go out after work and people would come in after work and everybody would be complaining. Well, take that piece that you're complaining about and take a minute to write it down. And that's a sub bullet of practice, kinda? Yeah, it's a sub, it is practice, right? All of this, when you start looking at what your values are and being in line with your values, it really is all about practicing. And the practice is around starting to analyze the way you think about things. Because yes. we really think that a lot of times that we have no control over what's going on in our lives when the reality is is that we
1: have all the control. Right, sort of like the, the front uh, beginning of the show <clears throat> taglines, are you concerned about your job, concerned about losing it, concerned there's nothing you can do about it. There always is. There always is. Right.
2: Yeah, um, and it may not be something that you had thought about or makes
1: you comfortable necessary, but there always is.
2: Yeah. So let's go ahead and take our
1: first break. Okay, so we have some takeaways, some homework, and so we'll keep sharing.
2: We'll keep sharing. Um,
1: this is pretty good. Uh, stay with us, guys. Corporate Talk with Charles and Eva. We'll be right back.
3: CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for courage to take action relevant to everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE Certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars, But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com.
0: And now let's return to corporate talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks
3: for staying with us.
2: Talk with Charlie and Eva, and today we're talking about practice what you preach and how to do that right, and how to be. We, so, in the first, in our first segment, we were talking about authenticity and how to start. How to start being authentic at work?
1: What I said was to find some set of core values specific to your authenticity.
2: Right. So you start with your core values, but then you also start also checking in. And I know that this sounds very woo-woo, but checking in with your body. When you're feeling stuff happening at work, how do you feel? Are you happy to be there? Are you not happy to be there? Are you getting a knot in the pit of your stomach? Can you start pinpointing when that happened? Right.
1: So sub second thing I had was listen to your body. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing I had was strategize going forward, and that got a little blurred at the end of the first break. So just maybe. Right. So
2: what I wanted to say about that was, okay, so you're checking in with your body and, and something's not feeling right. So what is it that's bugging you? And this is where you need to take the time sometimes to just Write down what's bothering you, because I know you originally said, you know, go talk to your boss, go talk to your teammates. Before you do any of that, figure out what the issue is, because what can happen as best you can? Yeah. What can happen is if you're not very clear or you haven't given it some thought, you'll just get into the whole group, group mentality. Right. And that may not be the best place to be, because what can happen then is you just get into this whole like group mentality. It's the meeting after the meeting, right? That's kind of what I put in the paragraph about the show. It's always having that meeting after the meeting. Everybody knows what's going on in the meeting. Everybody knows that this project is going under. But yet nobody says anything until after the meeting. They have the meeting after the meeting. And that's where all the authentic realness comes out.
1: At least from in the clicks of... Aligned, yeah, within and, your aligned yeah, groups, right? Yeah.
2: So, but for you personally, you want to start looking at what is it that's bothering me because a lot of people will say, Well, you know, I just need to go get another job. Well, I, you know, we've been in a lot of organizations around the country, and what you'll find is, is that the same issues are in every organization, so it's really a matter of starting to figure out what is it about all of this that bothers me. And then, this is a key component, what is it that's bothering me? Is there a different way for me to look at this? Right? Is there a different way for me to look at this? Is there a different solution? Can I look at it from the viewpoint of the person that's making my life hell?
1: It's like, damn it. It's always on me to fix my own issues. Well...
2: It's not even so much that you're fixing the issue. Sometimes just looking at the issue a different way fixes it.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, with me in the past, of course, hindsight, um some of my issues weren't even specific to the work I was doing or the place I was at. Right. Then what do you do? I mean, you got to be smart when you analyze.
2: Yeah, you got to take some time to analyze. I mean, that's why people get coaches and therapists, right? You know, you have to take some time to look at it. But really... A good coach, a good analyst will tell you to start looking at those thoughts that you're having. And are those thoughts really real? A lot of times what we'll do is, I mean you and I have this issue a lot, is something is said and we put all these assumptions behind it. We we fill in the blanks that we don't even have a clue if that's real or not.
1: Right. Right? We don't know. We don't know. We prepare well not we, I don't want to speak for anyone. I oftentimes prepare for the worst case scenario and the best case scenario is cool. It'll let it just happen on its own. I'll be surprised.
2: Right. Well, you had an incident where you were ready to come out swinging because you were absolutely 150% certain that you were going to get screwed in this
1: situation. Yeah.
2: And it wasn't until the last moment when the person said, Oh no. And here You're getting all this extra stuff that you went, and you didn't even know what to say.
1: I said, I always liked that (laughs) person. But you're right. I mean, I totally imploded. Right. I didn't know really um, what my authenticity was at the time. I, I I didn't know if I was communicating effectively, if I was listening effectively. I wasn't listening to my body at all. I had no strategy. I just got lucky in that scenario. You did, because it was all on the other person kind of almost said, okay, this poor guy needs help. Let me take care of him on my own. Right, right, right. So now I get it, right? There's a lot of work that happens every day internally with all of us.
2: And what people don't realize is that when you do the work, the work itself is fairly simple, but you have to understand – I actually just like sent an email on this today. I said the work is in and of itself is simple, but don't underestimate the power of it because it's extremely powerful, even though it seems simple and at times can seem subtle. Because all of a sudden you're feeling like, oh wow, I'm just feeling better about stuff, right? I'm just feeling better about stuff, and I don't really know why. Well, a lot of times it's because When, if you start doing this work and you start changing your thoughts around, you start letting go. You start letting go of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean.
2: That's kind of when, you know, it's the old surrender Dorothy, right? It's about surrendering a little bit. We keep thinking we have to fight and push and pull to make things happen or to change things, when sometimes if we just surrender, sit back and take a look at it and say to ourselves, is there a possibility I can look at this differently?
1: Well, okay, so, you know, when I go to and go into my care certification seminars, you have to care, I say, right? So mm-hmm. if, I guess, you have to be a good guy in order to achieve, otherwise you're always gonna be anxious. Well, you don't, okay, you don't have to be a good guy.
2: Right? You don't have to be a good guy if you don't want. If your core value is that you're not going to be a good guy, so that has to
1: be upfront in in who you are.
2: Yeah, I mean, because there's plenty of bad guys that are very comfortable being bad guys.
1: So okay, so I define because that because
2: they don't consider themselves being bad guys.
1: I define well, but wait, if that's true, mm-hmm. right? You on you, you need to define yourself as a bad guy, and then when you see. Mary Joan getting thrown under the bus. You say, "Well, that's cool because um, that's in my core values."
2: Right, right. But what you're missing is is that you're not, you haven't. Those people haven't defined themselves as bad guys. They've defined themselves as doing, doing the right thing for the good of everyone. Hmm. Right, right. So that's when you have a that. Now we're getting into a whole different thing, right? But I mean, that's when you can have. Um,
1: a really lethal bad guy because they really believe they're doing the right thing. Right. So what, but okay. So how do you know that you're practicing effectively? Right. I mean, we want to practice what we preach. So we want to preach our authenticity.
2: You know how, you know, if you're practicing, well, practice. When I talk about practice, that's, we're going to talk about that in the next segment a little bit, because we're going to talk about how to actually then speak up right? Because this is first you want to do the internal work. So first it's becoming aware. When we first started talking about this, it's it's getting some awareness around where you're having your issues, what my values are. Then you start doing some of the internal work around, well, can I take what's happening and look at it a different way? Can I start shifting it?
1: Uh, well, the thing is you want, I'm. Mean, what I'm getting from this is I want to get turned on by this. I want to see who I am, and analyze where I'm going and how I'm doing because I want to get better and better and better.
2: Well, you'll know that you're getting better and better and better because you're
1: feeling better and better and better. Right, so this this excites me now, right? Mm -hmm. This is something I want to do in the workplace. I want to lead myself Mm -hmm. by example, Mm -hmm. by my behavior, and let's see what happens. right. Right.
2: So that's when you start, when you start switching stuff around, right? So you, you get into a meeting, there's a contentious meeting, right? You got a knot in the pit of your stomach. Uh, you know, either you know what happened, maybe somebody told you off, or you just got a bad feeling about the whole thing, you can't put your finger on it. So take a few minutes after the meeting when you have a moment and write it down, like, what is bugging me about this? Because Here's what writing it down does. It's got, it has a couple components to it. First of all, writing it down gets it out. Because we sit there and think, well, I don't have time to write. I mean, maybe you got time to write, but I don't got time to write. You know, I'm here 12 hours a day. I'm working my ass off. I don't have time to write. Well, the thing is, is that whatever is bugging you, if it's bugging you enough that you're still thinking about it after the meeting,
1: If you don't write it down, it's just going to keep like. Or it prevented you from speaking at the meeting. Right.
2: Well, that's coming up. Let me get to that. Right. So it's bugging you. You know, you felt ineffective. You need to write that down because what the writing down does is it helps to release it. Because otherwise you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be stewing on it with every email you write, with every interaction you have after
1: that. Okay, so writing it down is a form of releasing that tension. It's It's not not really solving the issue.
2: Not yet, but it helps to just write that down. And then can you take a look at it and change it a little bit? You know, can you take a look at what happened and can you look at it differently? Can you look at it from their perspective? If you can't, just let it sit for a while. But, you know, just see, is there any way I can look at it differently and then even write those pieces down after you've looked at it differently for a little bit and then just let that sit. But you really, if something's really bugging you, writing it in a journal can really help to release it. Now, I also recommend that after, if you have something really, really toxic, that you write about it. You think about it in a different way, and then you shred those pages because you don't want anybody to find them. So a lot of times people don't write because they're afraid that someone's going to find it. So I say we don't want to go back to all that toxic goo anyway, so write it, write it, write it, and then shred it, and then start thinking about is there a way that I can look at this differently. So
1: is shredding it um, also a way of saying you're releasing it? or just?
2: You know, oh, my, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily. I mean, deep. some some people some people look at it that way. I mean, there are actually rituals where people will take something and burn it, right? But um, don't necessarily have to do that. I don't really see it so much <laughs> as a ritual of letting go. I see it more as no one's going to find it, so you don't have to worry that someone's going to find what you've written and that you're going to have that embarrassment.
1: Um, No, I mean, you know, again, it's another form of work that slips through the cracks because we're not doing it.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not just work. It's about everything, right? I mean, so it's just the people that I coach that do it find it to be very helpful, find it to be very helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah. People
2: fight it. They don't want to do it. I sometimes fight it. But when I do it, I feel better always.
1: Um, all right. Well, when we come back, I, I want to just ask a question on that before okay. we move on. I have a, one last question. Okay.
2: So this is one thing to practice is that really analyzing your thoughts. But then I also want to talk about then verbalizing your thoughts and the practice around that.
1: Really. Mm. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is going. We're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is corporate Talk.
1: And we'll be right I feel like I'm in therapy, corporate therapy.
3: Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization, regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com.
0: Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk
1: on Talk Zone. Practicing what we preach, analyzing it and improving it.
2: Right, and I wanted to correct you on something because you said As this usual. is like, yeah, this is corporate therapy. And I guess I look at therapy different. Therapy goes into your past. Coaching really moves towards your future. Okay, so... So we're really talking corporate
1: coaching. Corporate coaching. Corporate coaching. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So I'm writing stuff down after the meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest here, right? We want to... We're really proud of what we're doing, and we really do want to grow. Mm-hmm. It's not about me getting over on this person. Right. Right? It's about really doing the right thing and growing. So when I write stuff down... It's not only bad guys talking trash in a meeting that get under my skin. It could be that I may not be as prepared as I need to be. I may not know the work as much as those guys. Right. I got to make that point to myself somehow.
2: Yeah, and so sometimes you need to, when you write down, that's what helps clarify what's going on. Maybe it's that I don't feel like I can keep up with these guys. Right. And so then what instead of saying like to yourself, because we do this all the time, oh, I'm such a jerk, you know, I don't know anything. You might do that a lot. I know. Uh, Okay, (laughs) Um, But anyway, you know, I'm such a jerk. I don't know anything or or, um, you know, these guys are smarter than me or whatever it is. Right. Whatever it is. What you then do is you start looking at that objectively So, again, it's about looking at those thoughts. It's looking at those thoughts. It's like, no, you know what? I'm new to this project. There's pieces of it I don't know. How can I get up to speed, right? Start looking at different ways that you can start turning those thoughts around because those other thoughts are just not productive. Or those guys are jerks and they don't share. Is that really true? That It might be true, but then how can I look at it differently? Like, why are they not sharing? And sometimes people are just jerks. But then you want to start strategizing as to you're not going to be the only one typically that they have it out for. So how can I start, you know, getting information that I need? I did actually one time in my corporate career have someone that did have it out for me. He did have it out for me. He was very angry that I took over his spot. He was very angry that I took over his office. Even though he had moved into another area, it wasn't like I had bumped him out of it. He had moved, but I don't know, he had some issue with it. And and had flat out told me I am not going to give you the information that you need,
1: said it to my face. Wow, the transition information. Yeah,
2: he told me you're not you get the books on your own, I'm not giving you any of the books, I'm not giving you anything. And I said, Fine. So you know where you stand at that point, right? So then you go to other people and you get what you need. I mean, he's not the only one that has, you know, he's not the only keeper of the key. You know, there's other other ways to get the information that you need. But now you know where you stand, right? This guy's not going to help me. And then eventually what happens is, and I've seen it more times than not in my lengthy career, is that those types of people do it to one too many people.
1: Eventually. And then they're they're out. You know, so are you saying that in that example, you analyzed how that was making you feel? Did you go through it? Well, I
2: didn't go through all of of this at that time because, I mean, at that time, there was no such thing as coaching. Right. So it was a long time ago. But I'm just saying that I'm giving that as an example of sometimes people are out to
1: get you. And that can always be something that you can get through. Right. Now. Right. And, you know, in my case, I remember working on a team where I was the least technically talented in the group. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, I was intimidated, right? But instead of going through these techniques, like analyzing, strategizing, I just sat in a corner. Didn't, hopefully, just like I did in school, maybe they won't call on me, you know? Right. I could have now, thinking about it, I could have said, well, how, how can I contribute while I get myself up to speed? Right. Maybe I could have taken the minutes and maybe that would have helped me. You know, there were things I could have done. Right. To be a teammate and actually grow my career at the same time.
2: But instead, what happens is when you don't have these tools, and years ago we didn't have a lot of these tools, is that, you know, you would just sit there and either wait until you got up to speed eventually, because eventually you would, or, you know, you just held yourself back. You didn't really talk yourself through how can I help myself move forward. Now, there's some people that do that naturally. You know, God love the people that, you know, had great upbringings that know, you know, are feeling confident, that know what to do, that know how to approach these different problems. Not everybody does. But the biggest way to help yourself always and nobody has to know that you even do it, is to write out what's bugging you and then see if you can look at it differently. And then once you calm down around it, I mean I use emotional freedom techniques, but you know, we're not on video, can't really show that right now. But I mean there's a number of different number of different techniques that people use to kind of calm down. The writing in and of itself can calm you down, and then to start looking at how can I start changing the way that I think about this?
1: Wow, sort of like Work never ends. Well, it's maybe not work, but your your work, your internal well, work. Well,
2: internal work, worked. you know, what happens is, is that after a while, you start just doing it. So that's the practice around it, right? So the practice is around, is there a different way I can look at this? And when you do it enough, when you're doing it every day, it's become second nature. And when you can feel yourself, really getting out of alignment and getting angry and getting stressed. And that's not the norm for you anymore. You think, oh, hang on a second, something's up. And then you start looking, like, how can I change this? How can I fix this? What's going on? That's the practice of it. That's that's where you know you've been doing the work because all of a sudden the stuff that was bugging you before is not really bugging you anymore. You're not really that nervous about it. You're not really that scared about it.
1: But and, that analysis takes practice.
2: That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. In order practice. to to analyze, you need to start practicing it. The other thing you need to practice doing is keeping yourself so keeping yourself in good physical shape by what you eat and by working out and not over caffeinating yourself, not over drinking because you're stressed. Even like for us not so much for you, you did it with me, but like for me going gluten-free really helped my anxiety because I have all these food sensitivities, right? Um, That in and of itself, along with the analysis, will help calm you down. Then you can make the decision, yeah, this really is a toxic workplace. I need to get out. So you're saying. Yeah, this career is really not for me. I need to change careers. Or just by the very thoughts that you've switched, Suddenly, this job's not that bad. I I have it pretty good here.
1: Yeah, so I have to have the courage to practice my strategy and and my analysis so that maybe I'm stressed out, but the caffeine and or the cigarettes might be making it Worse. worse. Yeah. So let's try without for a couple of weeks and see what happens, That that's hard to do.
2: It's hard to do, but it's worth it because you'll see the difference, right? Yeah. You'll see the difference. And it's the same. So people like, you know, when you tell them to write stuff out and analyze their thoughts and look at it, you know, you'll automatically get, well, that's
1: just not going to work for me. You have to at least try it for two weeks before you say it's not going to work. Yeah, for got, it has to be. I would Listening to you, I would say, yeah, two weeks, one day isn't going to work.
2: No one day is never going to work. No, you have to give it some time. You have to work it a little bit. But I've had client after client that said to me, you know what?
1: I finally did it this weekend and I feel better. I feel better. So, but how do you put, I know. how do you put limits on that? Right? Cause I know me, I would spend all my time writing, I was going to say shit, writing oh, stuff, so down, said writing writing stuff right? down. Yeah. Right? And I would maybe take that over the top.
2: Well, Okay, so now we're talking about something different.
1: You have a different
2: issue, which also when we started looking at, like, why things, when we could calm down and start looking at why things were going the way they were going is when we determined that you're ADD. Right. Right? And so that's a different thing.
1: So, I mean. Right. So that was sort of like finally in the analysis, sometimes it takes a while. Right. To get. To make progress. Right. So you can't give up. Right. So now I guess I have to monitor that as well. In other words, I can't spend 7 by 24. Just writing your list. Right. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's my But that's point, a different right? issue. Right. So, okay. So before the break, you had mentioned about verbalizing what we just said we were going to write down. I yeah. Mean, hard enough to write it down.
2: Right. So what happens is, so you're in a meeting, right? And somebody said something to you, and you think, oh, I should have said after the meeting, you think, I should have said this, and I should have said that, and I should write those shoulds down because a lot of times the reason that we don't come up with that right in the moment is because we don't practice coming up with that kind of thing right in the moment. This is where you can do your own little Improv exercises on your own. So what would I have said, and how would I have said it? I mean, really look at that seriously, and not be like, "Mm-hmm." If I had that again, I would tell him. Next time I'll kick his ass. Next time he's gonna get his ass kicked. Yeah, right. That's not gonna work. Yeah. You know, so you want to look at it in a way as what could I have said to kind of change this outcome right, to so, shut it down? A so we're way.
1: intelligent adults. Mm. We we're proud of what we do, Yes. we should be smart enough to anticipate some of this stuff.
2: Well, it's not so much even that you are smart enough to anticipate it. It's that you don't have practice in anticipating. No, I mean,
1: and then write it down, some of the anticipation ahead of time. Yeah. Right? So that at least...
2: um, Well, the biggest thing is that we always go in on the defense, right? We're always kind of defending ourselves. Instead of just going in from kind of a... A more grounded place. Like I I used to actually really do this because I mean, you know, some of those IT meetings just got crazy, you know, and I would be, they'd be like, okay, you're gonna lead the meeting today or whatever, or I would be the lead on the project. You go into these meetings. Beforehand, I started writing just like five minutes, and then setting an intention of what I wanted for that meeting, what I wanted out of that meeting. And I would just say I want this to resolve for the good of all. And you guys in the background figure out how
1: that's well, going to say Well, you wrote that down, said it to yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, so you're also saying that in your strategy, you, by doing stuff like that, kind of toned yourself down a little bit, grounded yourself at the same time as you were writing stuff down so that when the meeting started, you're not out of breath attacking on defense.
2: Right. And, or I'm not just always the one going, oh, okay, I hear what you're saying, I hear what you're saying, right? I mean, you can lead effectively that way from that calm,
1: grounded mind. Very rarely, I bet, does that happen. Oh, it never happens. Right.
2: Right? But yet, so when you think about, and this starts getting a little tricky, when you think about, we don't just think with our brains, we think with our whole body. I've heard right. that. Before. We think with our whole body, yeah, because I told you. But anyway, we think with our whole body, which means that you know we send out energy with the way we present ourselves. We send out vibes. People pick that up. That's why when you walk into a meeting, you think, Oh, I don't like the I don't like the feeling in here already, even though everybody's like, "Hi, how are you?" You know, you're thinking, "Oh no,
1: or it's too I'm going to be taken
2: out." You yeah. know, I'm going to be yeah. taken out. So you know, you really want to think about that.
1: All right. No. So let's um, let's take our last break, <laughs> yeah. right? And let's continue this going focus. You did mention something about verbalizing. Yes. We'll okay. Verbalize. So stay with us, everyone. More to come. Corporate talk with C and E. We'll be right back.
3: Charlie Labasco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace contact Charlie today to interact influence and inspire others in your organization whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar Charlie is available to speak on many topics including making a difference in the workplace even as one person building shared leadership teams and his signature award-winning seminar care certification in the workplace Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one for more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com.
0: Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. We're
2: talking about practicing what you preach. So in the last three segments, um, I was detailing a little bit about what you can do to be authentic in the workplace, you know, talking about your values. And then when you're having issues, just start listening to those issues, listen to your body and start writing things down and then see if you can look at the things differently. If you can look at those thoughts differently to change your thoughts a little bit. Right. And then right before the break, I was talking about how we really think with our whole body, because that's, you know your body speaks to you you're saying something and all of a sudden your stomach starts hurting well that's telling yeah, you so the whole right. thing
1: about practice is is it it's a 7 by 24 internal work in progress
2: right but after a while just like any kind of practice it just becomes very natural so if you've been running for a while or if you've been lifting weights for a while you don't really think about it anymore you just either lift or you just start running right it's not like you have to think about it like you did in the beginning right it becomes very second nature So if you start thinking more positively, start looking at things a bit more objectively, not taking things as personally and not beating up on yourself or the people around you, that positive attitude will start becoming more natural as opposed to the negative attitude.
1: Okay, so, you know, we're writing this stuff down, we're doing the work. Mm -hmm. Um, Writing it is not the same thing as saying it. No, so then, the next piece that's the most powerful of all, you know well, let me just say, yeah well, like you were talking earlier about well, next time, if that comes up, I'm going to right. be ready, right I think for that, I would have to verbalize what I prepared,
2: yeah, we're going to talk about that, okay, so so now we what we were going through before the break was we were talking about how um. You know, a lot of times we'll be in a meeting, somebody will say something, and it's not until after the meeting that we thought, well, here's what I should have said. Well, a lot of where that comes from is the fact that we don't practice. We don't practice always speaking up, especially if you're someone that, like me, tends to be, and even you, Charlie, tends to be more sensitive, picks up on vibes, or some people tend to be a little bit more introverted and you know, tend to internalize things more. So, like, my sensitivity shuts me down. Your sensitivity, you start swinging, mm-hmm. right? You just start, you know, whatever's coming
1: out's coming out, and then you'd be like, so well, ev- well, I didn't mean nothing by it later, right? Everybody is their own unique style. Right. Reaction. But
2: the way that you know that it's a problem is when you're not feeling good about how the meeting went. I mean, you know that when you're in different conversations or when you're in meetings or in presentations, you know when it, when it went well, because you feel good. Your body tells you, yeah, this is what we wanted to happen. I feel good about this. Mm -hmm. This is in line. So then how do you do that? Right? Again, when you write down, what could you have said, say it out loud. How could I have said this? And Always think in the back of your mind what you could be saying and then later on actually say it out loud. It's all about that learning how to really step into who you are. It's a little bit of acting behind it in the beginning. Right. Who you are when you're sitting at home just hanging out is going to be a little bit different than who you are at work because you want to be a little bit more powerful. You want to step into
1: that leadership role. So in that example that I had earlier, I might consider practicing a verbalization of something like, all right, guys, you know, I'm a little slob new to this or whatever. Um, While I am getting up to speed Let me take the minutes of the meeting. Mm -hmm. And I need to practice saying that so when I say it, I don't say it maybe ineffectively.
2: Well, you don't want to say it from a place of weakness.
1: Right. That's what I mean.
2: Right? Right. So when you practice it, it's about how can I say this in a way that doesn't make me look weak, but also makes it look like, yeah, I am really trying to learn. And you guys know more than I do right now. So let me do this so that I can get up to speed and be even more
1: helpful to and you. And see if I got it right in my, in my minutes, right? Right. I'm listening to them. Right. Yeah, interesting.
2: Yeah, and the whole point of all of this type of work is, is that if you can get yourself to a grounded, centered place, that's when that's the time to make the move, because you can look at things more objectively, right? So even if there's chaos everywhere, you can still be the one that stays calm because it doesn't necessarily need to affect you. When we stay calm, when we stay grounded, that's when the good ideas start to flow. And that's when we start, you know, creating more options for
1: ourselves. And
2: people want to be
1: around us. Right. That That's true. You become a go-to person. Right. Um, earlier, you were when we were talking about writing stuff down and then shredding it, because it is kind of, Private and personal. It's personal. You don't want to go back to it. What do you do with verbalizing? Because you know, if I'm home, I'm I am home i i do not want to. You know what I mean? I don't want to be someone trying to rehearse how I'm going to speak tomorrow at work. I mean, how do I how do I humble myself to verbalize?
2: yeah, people don't like doing it, but I tell you, I'm telling you it's another one of these things that if you try it a few times and and I'm not talking about verbalizing for hours at a time. I'm talking like five minutes at a time, right? Just say out loud what you think you could have said. How does it sound? Record yourself. How do you think you sound? People don't do it, and I'm telling you, you know, from my own experience, that that was the thing. That made all the difference is when I started vocalizing and verbalizing and practicing
1: yeah. what I have to say. Um, what's interesting is um, everything that was discussed here, all of the above, kind of brings me back to work as if your day's going to be played back on the news. Right, absolutely. Right? You want it to be authentic. <laughs> Right. And you want to be prepared for that and you want to be able to respond during the day so that when it's played back or when it's played back, you can see, you know, oh, I should have done this better and I should have done that better. Maybe. Right.
2: And the other there's one more thing I want to Mm. talk about before we end today, because we only got a few minutes left, is I want to talk about, you know, being a teammate and creating your team. Right. Because in the beginning when we were at the show, we were talking about the bullying And that young kid said, and no one helped me. And this is the time, because there's a lot of bullies at work, this is the time when you can start looking at what the issues are. And first of all, treat the team the way you want to be treated. That's always number one. But number two is, Start pulling the team together so that everybody has a voice. If you know that there's someone in your team that tends not to speak up as much, you don't want to speak for them because you don't want them to look weak. But you want to make sure that everybody is in the conversation and that when there's an issue, you address it as a group, that everybody's kind of standing behind each other. Because a lot of times you can pick someone that's maybe the better spokesperson, but you also then want to make sure that in thought, word, and deed, you are supporting that person.
1: And actually, in as part of the shared leadership model, you don't have to be the team leader to pull the team together. No. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Not in the name title, you don't. Right. Right. That could be a takeaway for everyone. Um, if we're working in groups, let's pull them together and have a little checkpoint at least. Um, how can we improve? You know, one of the things about – agile methodologies is in the retrospective what's working, what's not, not working, and what can we improve, right? And that right. you can take down to uh, yourself, to your team as well, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because, and you want to help the people
2: that don't necessarily speak up. You want to give them the time and the safe place that they, give them a safe place so that they can speak up, that they feel safe doing that.
1: Um, you know, we beat up on more in this show than, you know, many of the books we get from guests. Now, we love the guests. we always about different topics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what we learned here is, you know what? It's on you, right?
2: Yeah, it's always on us because it's always the way we think about things.
1: But there's tools that we can use you know, to help us. it's
2: never... And I didn't believe this for the longest time, but it's never what happens to us. It's the way we think about what's happened to us that makes us suffer. Mm. Right? So that's a little bit, you know, that's going into really deep stuff. But it really is true, right? If you think about it, it's not what happened to you. It's about the way you think about it that makes you suffer. So
1: it's sort of like the anticipation We say at times, right? Right. So it's not what happens to you most of the times. It's what you think about what happened? Well, that was a disaster Right. when it wasn't. Right. Excellent. Well, we're out of time, but we'll continue this offline.
2: Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) Well, thank you, Charles. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. Have a great week. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Bye, guys.